3: Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, the editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with another episode of the Steelers News, your off-season news source, because like I've said numerous times on this show, I can't stand listening to the mainstream media when it comes to sports in the off-season, because really all I want to hear about are Pittsburgh sports, mainly the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that's why you're here. Nothing but Steelers the whole time, under 20 minutes, right we're right back at it. You know, we took a little bit of a long weekend. First and foremost, let me say if you had a father, happy Father's Day. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you enjoyed it. If you're not a father, well, hopefully you told your father happy Father's Day. So let's get right into the Steelers news. A lot of stuff happened last week. The Pittsburgh Steelers had mandatory mini camp, three days of workouts Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then they're gone. Now we enter the dead season of the NFL schedule. That means from mid June to the end of July, July 25th, to be exact, for Pittsburgh Steelers. That's when they report to training camp at St. Vincent College in Latrobe. Nothing really happens during this time. That doesn't mean nothing will happen. You hope nothing big happens. You hope you don't have an arrest or a potential suspension or something like that. Most of the time, news at this time, the dead season, are contract-related. For instance, the Pittsburgh Steelers still have to sign their top draft pick, Terrell Edmonds. Uh, there's going to be news about Le'Veon Dell coming up in the month of July as well. Um, other than that, th- there's all, no other positive news that comes out of this time of the year. So you hope, if you're a black and gold fan, that you, they kind of stay uh, stay low. You know, They stay under the radar. They don't have any big issues because that's what we're talking about. Now, a lot of fans have reached out on Twitter, have reached out on Facebook and email saying, who have you heard stood out at Minicamp? And everyone's gonna have their own personal feelings about that. Um, I think everyone was publicized and pumped up for the fact that Mason Rudolph reportedly had a very good mini camp, has seemed to show progression from each stage of this offseason program. Rookie Minicamp, he looked good, however, there's no veterans. Then they go to OTAs, he looked better, veterans were there. He spoke about how it was faster and then in minicamp, it kind of looked like he started to belong. He was running the offense on Thursday. He ran the no huddle, did a tremendous job, moved the team down the field, scored a quick touchdown in the two-minute drill. First time in his career that he's had his offensive coordinator in his ears. He was wearing the headset with the speakers in it. So some positive signs for the young quarterback and Mason Rudolph. And that's going to be a situation I want to talk about in our next episode. Not today probably tomorrow, if not tomorrow, on uh, Wednesday, about the st- the situation the Steelers are going to be facing with Ben Roethlisberger and Mason Rudolph here in a couple years. But for the more broad-spectrum look at the mandatory minicamp and mainly the off-season workouts and who impressed, the Steelers' official website had a really good article where Mike Prezuda of WDVE, who also writes for the website, he interviewed uh, Ramon Foster. Now, Foster last year was asked, who impressed you during these workouts? And football and shorts is what Mike Tomlin calls it, says there's not much credence to them. But Ramon Foster said number 40. And number 40 at that time was Mike Hilton. And Mike Hilton turned out to be a tremendous player for the Steelers last season. And so, obviously, presuda went to Foster again and said, hey, you hit the nail on the head last year. Who impresses you this year? And here's what he said. There were three players, all offensive players, that he was really impressed with and the first one was a rookie and it wasn't Mason Rudolph. It was Jalen Samuels, the running back out of North Carolina state Foster talked about how he can do it all. He can run the football. He can catch, he can run routes. He can line up in a multitude of areas, super impressed with what he can do. Now he said there were some protection issues in terms of blocking, but that's that's pretty common for a rookie in the national football league. But Jalen Samuels has been turning heads from teammates That tells me more than turning the heads of media because media, although they're there every day and they see practice and a lot of them know a lot about football. They don't know what's going on inside the huddle. Ramon Foster does. He likes Jalen Samuels. That was a rookie running back at North Carolina state. Another player. He said, James Conner looks like a whole Totally different guy, and he's not the only one that's mentioned this. Ben Roethlisberger said this to the media not too long ago. I think it was maybe after the first mandatory minicamp, but he said James Conner looks great. He's lost weight. He's faster, has a burst. He is taking advantage of every single repetition that he gets when Le'Veon Bell is gone, when he is absent. So James Conner, he was super impressed with him, and it's really going to be interesting to see how the Pittsburgh Steelers handle James Conner, Le'Veon Bell. Who's going to be that third running back? They have other players on the roster, Fitzgerald Toussaint, Stephen Ridley, uh, a couple undrafted players. That's going to be a position to watch. But James Conner, he's been impressing a lot of people so far in minicamp. And lastly, someone that Jeremy Fowler of ESPN wrote about Foster, the last player, the last offensive player he named, was Justin Hunter. This is a big play receiver who seems to always have the big play for practice but rarely is ever able to put it on the field. He didn't get on the field that much last year, but he made the team. He was always inactive, seemingly. Uh, Didn't really do much because they really didn't need him to do much. Martavis Bryant was in the roster. Juju Smith-Schuster showing he's capable, and then we know Antonio Brown is, well, Antonio Brown. This year, he has an opening. James Washington, the rookie, is going to press to get some playing time, but Hunter knows the system. Let's see if Hunter can take what he does not practice and actually put it onto the field. Foster said he's been doing things he has not seen him do in the last two years, so that's a a big boost for him. We'll see what happens. But those three players, I mean, Mason Rudolph impressed a lot of people, but those three players, Jalen Samuels, James Conner, and Justin Hunter, those were the players that Ramon Foster said impressed him as a teammate, and that means a lot, in my opinion. All right, moving on. Storylines. That's the title of the video. What are some uh, five key storylines for the Pittsburgh Steelers as they slowly drag their way through the dog days of summer and then eventually get ready to go to Latrobe, St. Vincent College in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. The first, and you have to talk about it, is the Le'Veon Bell contract situation. That's going to be the biggest storyline right now between now and and when the team reports to camp because they have until July 16th to get a deal done. Now Le'Veon Bell's been pretty quiet on, the, on that front, and that's good. We're going to talk about that in a second. The demands have kind of been floated around. Now they're talking 14 and a half million a year. Some are saying the Steelers could do that. I'm not sure if they can do that, but I'll tell you this: this is going to be a burning topic, especially coming up when the month, when the months go from June to July and really the negotiations come down to that last minute. That's what happened last year when it seemed like the Steelers and Bell's representatives had a deal done. Bell walks in, says no deal, and now here we are for a second year in a row with a franchise tag, not talking about long-term contracts, but possibly him playing the year under the tag and then becoming a free agent after this year. So do I think Le'Veon Bell is going to get a new deal? My gut tells me no. But at the same time, I felt this way before, and they've gotten a deal done. So Le'Veon Bell contract, that's going to be the number one storyline heading into training camp. Next, the backup quarterback position. Okay, now a lot of people would say that if your team has a backup quarterback controversy, then you're doing okay. And that's the truth, because if the Pittsburgh Steelers don't have to worry about their backup quarterback, um, that means that Ben Roethlisberger is healthy, that means he's playing well, And that's the ultimate hope. However, as I said earlier in the show, Mason Rudolph has been playing so well that a lot of people, media especially, are suggesting that he, if he plays well enough in the preseason, maybe, just maybe, he's good enough to beat out Landry Jones for the number two spot. Let's assume that happens. If Mason Rudolph is good enough, shows enough, that he's the backup to Ben Roethlisberger, what happens then at the next spot? Is it Joshua Dobbs? Is it Landry Jones? That's going to be interesting to watch. To me, not just because I run the website and I write about the Steelers and I have to watch preseason games, this is really exciting for me based on the fact that it's going to make me interested in those preseason games. They're meaningless. They have no bearing on the regular season, but what they will show us is How are are they juggling the time? For instance, in that first preseason game, starters don't play. Who gets the brunt of the repetitions? Uh, They have three quarterbacks. Typically, you have the number two plays over a half. Then the third string comes in. Then the fourth string finishes it out. How do they weigh those? That's going to be interesting. So, yeah, I I understand that a lot of people might shake their heads and say the backup quarterback, really, that's a big storyline. It is to me. I think this is going to be really important and really key for the Steelers. Because if if Mason Rudolph is that guy, then maybe he should be number two. And if Landry Jones isn't that guy, maybe Joshua Dobbs should be number three. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on. That's going to be a, a big storyline heading into uh, the regular season. Speaking of kind of camp battles here, what about the safety position? I don't, I don't even know. You're talking free safety, strong safety. At this point, I, who's going to play? You have the rookies, Terrell Edmonds. Marcus Allen. You've got Sean Davis, the incumbent. You have um, have Morgan Burnett, uh, Nate Burry, all all these players, uh, Jordan Dangerfield. Who's going to make the team? Who's going to play? Who's going to be the guys that are out there? Are they going to run three, four safety sets? The safety position, and not only the personnel, but (laughs) who. Uh, let me let me rephrase. this not only the personnel that they're going to keep, but how are they going to utilize them at the safety position? I think is going to be key, and that's going to be a big storyline heading into training camp, and it's also going to tie into the next storyline, which is inside linebacker. A lot of fans were really, really disgruntled by the fact that the Steelers didn't really address. Yeah, you could say John Bostic didn't really address the inside linebacker position in free agency or in the NFL draft. I get it. Bostic was a free agent pickup, wasn't that big name that a lot of fans wanted? So will they put safeties down in the box as inside linebackers? Will it be a Marcus Allen, Terrell Edmonds type? Will Bostick be the guy? Will he be the guy that can go out there and play in coverage and also run stop? That's another question. How are they going to utilize the inside linebackers? Right now, Tyler Madicavich, all throughout offseason workouts, ran with the ones. Tyler Maticavich, dirty red as they call him. He was the one alongside Vince Williams, not Bostic. Now, am I putting much credence into that? No. At training camp, if that happens, yeah. That's turning some heads because I think Bostic is the guy that is better at stopping the run. He's more athletic. He can cover. And those are some things that Matakavich, although he's very smart, he has a great instinct and a nose for the football, what he lacks is the athleticism that they're missing from Ryan Chazier. I think John Bostic gives them even a little bit of that, let alone – you know, some, not, definitely not all of it. Sure, Ryan Shazier is a generational athlete, but at the same time, I think Bossick would help be that Band-Aid better than Tyler Medikavich. So the inside linebacker position kind of ties in with the safety, but at the same time, it's its own storyline. Lastly, running back. Running back. I mean, my goodness. What the heck are they going to do with running back? Like I said earlier in the show, I would assume right now, you know what happens when you assume, but I would assume right now, we know Le'Veon Bell, Number one, James Conner. Number two. What do you do? Number three. I think Jalen Samuels makes the team. I don't think he's a practice squad guy. I don't think he's a guy that's going to be on the team, but is inactive every week. I think that he's too valuable and too versatile to not play. Okay. So do they keep a fourth running back? Do they actually kick the tires of Fitzgerald Tucson or Steven Ridley again? A couple undrafted players that are out there. What do they do with the running back? Maybe they just keep three. You have Roosevelt next. That's, that's four That's four backs, technically. I, is it, these are the questions. These are the storylines. I'm not saying I have the answers. I'm just saying these are the storylines. So my question for you listening, if you're on YouTube, if you didn't know we're on YouTube, go to the search engine, type in BTSC Steelers Radio, subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, well, what do you think about this stuff? You think Le'Veon Bell is going to get a new deal? You think that who do you think is going to be the backup quarterback to Ben Roethlisberger? Going to be Landry Jones? Going to be Mason Rudolph? What about safety? Who are the safeties that make the team? Who are the safeties that start? And who are the safeties, or or how does how do the Steelers utilize those safeties? Same at the inside linebacker position. Who's going to be the starter? How are they going to utilize that player? And lastly, running back. What are they going to do at running back? Okay, so th- those, are, those are the storylines. That's what people are going to be talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, that's what we're going to be talking about on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com as well uh, throughout these dog days of summer where we kind of, you know, you, you have to create some content. You have to create some discussion. And that's what this website, if you have never been there, if you if you stumbled upon the podcast on iTunes, you can find us there by searching The Standard is the Standard. Or if you stumbled upon us on YouTube, if you've never been to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, I strongly suggest you go there, create a username, And the comment section typically are thriving with intelligent fans that just love to talk about the Steelers. Go there, comment, talk about it, get to know some people. It's a great community. Speaking of community, the next segment and the final segment is I went on Twitter and said, okay, question and answers. I I didn't give readers a lot of time to respond. It was only like 20 minutes before I went live. And I had a couple really good questions. Uh, One was a direct message. One was a response. And uh, the first question, which was the response, was about Martavis Bryant. Now, if you didn't know, Martavis Bryant, who was traded from the Steelers to the Oakland Raiders for a third-round draft pick, this happened on day one of the 2018 NFL draft. Martavis Bryant, there's rumors circulating in a report that he is facing potential discipline again. So, with that said... Martavis Bryant could be, if he gets caught with a substance or is, you know, taking an illegal substance, we're talking a year suspension, if not more, indefinite is what the league would would say, and that's going to be like the Josh Gordon treatment. And someone said, "Do you do I buy into it? Do I buy into, uh, you know, Martavis Bryant's potential suspension?" It's hard for me to say no. Um, most of these rumors when they start coming out are typically true. It's it's rare that they aren't. We saw it with Julian Edelman up in New England. Martavis um, Bryant is a ridiculous talent, yet he struggles off the field. Steeler fans know this more than anyone. Clemson fans know this as well when he was in college. And it it sounds horrible, but, man, does this make the Steelers look good if it does turn out to be a punishment? Not that the Steelers knew. All reports so are that they didn't. But they traded a player that was one bad test away from getting that Josh Gordon treatment. They they traded him away for a third round pick that turned into Mason Rudolph. That could have potentially turned into the next great Steeler quarterback. Think about that for a second. So do I think that Martavis Prime will get suspended? I don't know. I haven't been following it that closely. I don't know about the reporter that reported it because I don't follow the Raiders. But what I do know is that when it comes to suspensions, typically where there's smoke.
2: Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited.
3: Okay, and lastly, someone asked about Le'Veon Bell, and they said, do I think a deal is going to get done? This was the direct message on Twitter. Um, you know what? It's it's tough for me to say yes or no, but I will say this. Le'Veon Bell on Instagram, if you follow him on Instagram, he posted a picture of himself playing, and he wrote, silence is key, or something to that nature. And I wanted to... St- Take that, put in an article, and say, thank you. Finally, it's someone gets it. I don't need to hear about Le'Veon Bell and whether he thinks he's a villain in Pittsburgh. I don't need to hear about Le'Veon Bell and whether he thinks he deserves more money. I don't need to hear about Le'Veon Bell at all unless it is they've got a deal done or they don't have a deal done. The one thing about Le'Veon Bell that's constantly frustrating me is that fans, not necessarily myself, I do get caught up in it sometimes, but fans forget how good of a player he actually is. They hear $14.5 million a year, and they think, oh my gosh, that's horrible. Why in the world? No way. But they forget, this guy is a tremendous football player. I mean, tremendous. And I said it last year, before the season, and all these fans were ripping bell for missing time and missing the preseason and not showing up until week one. I said, you won't be angry when number 26 is dominating a defense, running it down their throats, catching passes and scoring touchdowns. And what happened last season? Everyone loved Le'Veon Bell until the Jacksonville Jaguars game prior to when he told Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, if they franchise tag me again, I might as well retire. And then it's like a a, a switch flipped with the fans. And they were like, man, screw this guy. And then there was the reports that he missed practice. And yes, the other. Whatever the reasons are, fans, uh, I believe, on Bell is very polarizing with the Steelers fan base. He is good. He is worth that money, in my opinion. But do the Steelers want to invest that money? That's a discussion for another time. I said it earlier in the show. I'll say it again. I don't think they get a deal done. I just think that Bell is asking too much, and the Steelers simply can't afford it if they want to be able to keep other players on their team. There's other players that need to be paid. You can't always invest the top dollar in all of your free agents and i think this is lady on bells last year in pittsburgh so whether well, you like the answer or not that's my answer so again if you're listening on podcast if you're watching on behind the know that we have a youtube channel go to youtube btsc steelers radio subscribe like comment let us know what you think of the content do you like it do you wish it was more interactive always willing to change to help please our viewers. Also, on the flip side, if you didn't know we have a podcast platform, you can find us there on iTunes by searching The Standard is The Standard. That's our platform name there. Follow us, subscribe, give us a good rating, give us a good review. Always helps with the listeners. And as always, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll see you next time on The Steelers News. Bye.
1: from an umpire's room in a major league baseball park check it out and if you like it tell a friend i'm spencer hall don't do anything smart
0: judy was boring hello then judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com.
3: it's my little escape
0: now judy's the life of the party
3: oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon
0: whoa take it easy judy